Well, hello, everyone. This is John Byrne with Poets and Quants and my co-hosts, Maria Wickvilla and Caroline D.R.V. Edwards. You are listening to Business Casual, our weekly podcast. We want to address a question out there that is on the minds of a lot of business school administrators, and that is this. With domestic applications to full-time MBA programs down on the order of 30% last year in the U.S., and with indications that it's down another 20%, at least for round one in this current admission season, more and more people are asking the inevitable question, is this just another cycle of up and down applications, or is something more substantial happening in the marketplace for the MBA? So we want to talk a little bit about this because one of the interesting things is that if you really look at the data, you'll find that more students worldwide are enrolled in MBA programs today than they were five years ago and in all probability forever. But they are not enrolled in full-time MBA programs, which have seen a decline. And, you know, we always focus on the full-time programs. After all, those are the premium programs and particularly the highly selective, highly ranked programs that we really are laser focused on. It's, but it's a different story, you know, when you look at all the numbers and you look at, for example, the large enrollments in online MBA students today, which after all, 10 years ago was minuscule. But today, online MBA students in the U.S. actually exceed, by a little bit, full-time MBA students. So let's start with Maria. What, what, do, you, what do you make of this? Are we just simply going through another up and down cycle or is there something more substantial that's happened, a shift in the MBA marketplace that's going to be with us forever? I think that there will always be these ups and downs. I think that the speed at which these ups and downs are happening is much faster than it ever has been in the past. So when the pandemic happened, whoop, it was this sort of tsunami of bad news as opposed to a more gradual recession that took several years to unfold. And then the world reopened again. And so whoop, all of a sudden people were staying at their jobs instead of going to business school. And now it looks like whoop, there's another recession happening. So I think these these ups and downs that do impact business school applications one way or the other those are always going to be with us. But I just think in the past couple of years, they have been happening at a much faster pace. I also think that the um, the interest in business education or management education is, is probably pretty strong. I just think that the method in which people are seeking it, the full-time two-year MBA, I, it may not be the best option for everyone. So I, I suspect that a lot of people are still pursuing the MBA or some form of graduate management education maybe the MBA in different formats, maybe other master's degrees that are MBA adjacent, such as maybe data analytics or a master's in marketing or what have you. So I, I think that it's, you know, I, I think that the full-time MBA is is probably going to start losing some appeal as people begin finding these other options that fit their lifestyles and their careers and their geography much better. Caroline, what's your take? You know, John, we've seen this before, right? When there's been a downturn, that, that suddenly there are lots of articles about, you know, is this the end of the MBA? People seem to like to predict its demise and jump on this whenever there is a downturn. But you know, it, I, I do think that, as Maria says, it will continue to be a counter-cyclical market. And unfortunately, it looks like we are heading into a recession 
And so I do think that then we will see an uptick in MBA applications. Although, as you said, you know, there is quite startling growth in, in the um, number of people pursuing online options. And I think that that will continue the trend that we've seen of, you know, a shakeout of schools further down the pecking order. So, you know, as schools like um, NYU, for example, offer online options that will increase their geographical reach and people who might have gone to their local business school may decide instead to do an online MBA at a at one of the top schools and, and therefore you know I think it will make life much more difficult for the tier two and tier three schools globally but I, I think that the top schools will remain in a strong position and even though Right now, they're seeing a downturn in applications. I think that that will come back again. And, it, you know, it's really been because of the strong job markets, right? And, and that's also reflected in those amazing salary numbers that you've been reporting in P&Q from the latest graduating mm. classes, you know, tremendous increases in salaries that, that graduates are commanding. Yeah, that, that's really that's really true. And you know, the other interesting thing is, you know, if you start looking at even the full-time uh, MBA market, which clearly uh, is down, uh, what you see over time is really some interesting trends where, you know, the higher ranked schools, the schools that are in the top 20 or more or less the top 25, let's put it that way, have actually shown increases in their enrollments, the aggregate enrollments at the top tier schools have actually grown and schools outside the top tier are those that are suffering the most. So even, even when you talk about the MBA overall, you know, it's, it's a different, different marketplace when you talk about the highly ranked schools that are, that are drawing the elite applicants. And, and I think this is why in, both your cases, you help uh, students get into these schools. You may not be seeing the kinds of drops that uh, many schools are experiencing because you're at the top end of the market. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I, I think that the top schools are still still in a strong position, and the variability that they see from from the peaks and troughs of the the application cycle don't necessarily translate into a drop in quality candidates. Because, I mean, what I experienced when I was working at INSEAD is that when there's a boom in application volume, the average quality in the pool does not stay the same, right? Because there are more speculative candidates who are deciding to give it a shot and they're not necessarily as well prepared and as 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 good a fit for the school as people who you know, have have been planning to apply to business school and have been working towards that for several years. And there's always a solid pipeline of people like that coming through to those top schools. So, uh, you know, whilst application volume goes down, it doesn't necessarily translate into, you know, big issues for those for those top schools. What can happen, though, is that it doesn't give them as much leeway to manage the the class profile, right? The the diversity. So it'll be interesting to see if any of the schools take a hit on, for example, the percentage of women in the classroom with the the, the class that is being admitted now, you know, the, from, so the class that will start in, in 2023, because, uh, you know, if things are a bit tighter, then they will continue to 
to, uh, you know, work towards those goals of diversity, but it might be a little bit harder on the margins, right? And and so there may be some slippages there. Yes. You know, there was a recent analysis done by uh, uh, an academic who I greatly admire. We're going to be doing a story on this shortly, and you might want to look for it. But what's kind of interesting is that while if you look at the top 20 schools, as I noted earlier, aggregate enrollments have grown. There are some schools that have had some significant declines from their peaks. So, you know, the most recent MBA classes at schools, including Columbia, Kellogg, Michigan, Ross, NYU Stern, and UT Austin McCombs, are between 19 and 36% smaller than their respective peaks during the last 30 years. And incidentally, in the next tier, enrollment declines range between 49 and 82% from their peaks over the past 30 years, including schools like Minnesota, Ohio State, Penn State, Rochester, Rutgers, Wisconsin. So, you know, there is definitely some changes out there. But again, you know, you you got to look at how the market has changed. And I think it's changed in meaningful ways. You know, it used to be that undergraduate business education was not as big a deal as it has become. It obviously is the most popular major in America. But more importantly, those schools have really done a great job in educating younger people and setting them up for the careers that they want, therefore negating the need for a pivot in their latter 20s. And they're finding that that that, uh, education that they receive is so good that it holds up. So, you know, to the extent that that's all true, and I believe it is, that does bring down the overall population that would be available for an MBA degree. The second thing, as Maria noted too, uh, there's been a proliferation of specialty master's degrees in business. These have been among the most successful and fastest growing degrees from business schools in the last decade in everything from the more traditional master's in finance and accounting to more new wave things like masters in sustainability and masters in diversity, equity and inclusion, and obviously uh, supply chain and business analytics. And those degrees have really taken off and to the extent that they have, they also obviate the need for a full-time MBA. And then you have just this growing need for flexibility uh, among younger people who are coming out of undergraduate institutions with considerable debt and are loath to get themselves into further debt with a graduate degree. So rather than quit their jobs, they're enrolling in online MBA programs, which you know originally was thought uh, would be more appealing to an older crowd and therefore would not necessarily cannibalize full-time MBA enrollments. But we're finding that that's really not true, uh, that there are many people who otherwise would have opted for a full-time program who are now taking an online MBA instead and the entrance of, you know, high quality schools like a Michigan Ross, a USC, uh, Indiana, UNC, Rice into the online MBA market uh, has made that a better uh, and more obvious option for many people. So, you know, you look at the overall business school market and you're right, it, it's, it's still robust, it's still strong, it's still growing. But when you look at the full-time MBA, because of all the alternatives that people are now seeking, and because of the, all those people who have undergraduate business degrees, it seems like a less promising venture. And there's been a real flight to quality because of it. With fewer applicants in the pool, obviously, 
they're going to be aimed at the top schools, which is a good thing. Don't you think, Maria? I mean, I think education in any form is a good thing. So if people are finding alternative ways to get the same education that's giving them the same career outcomes and that kind of growth that they're looking for, the overall trends, I think, are are good. I do think, as Caroline has pointed out, the, the there will be casualties, and the casualties are going to be the full time programs at these smaller at these smaller schools, which I think could be a shame in terms of, you know, some localized uh, full time programs in in geographies perhaps that maybe the local community could have benefited from having a full time program there. However, because the online option is so much more viable now than it was even five years ago in terms of not just the fact that it's being offered, but the technology that has gone into developing a really robust online MBA experience. Um, even if some smaller regional programs do end up shutting down, there will be opportunities for people living in those other places to get that education. So overall, I, you know, I think it is a, I think it's a good thing. Yep. So do we agree that what we're witnessing now is not a mere cycle, but a a definite shift in the MBA marketplace that is going to last for some time? Caroline? Yes or no? Yeah. Yes. I mean, there's there is. I, I think this, the 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 up, the troughs and the peaks will continue to a certain extent. It will remain a cyclical and a, a, a in fact a counter cyclical market. But there are long term trends that you can identify despite those shorter term shorter term ups and downs. I mean, is, is something else that has happened in in Europe that is also affecting this is that with the harmonisation of bachelor's degrees, which has meant that many bachelor's degrees are shorter than they would have been in the past in some countries, more young people are doing masters straight out of undergrad. And so they may feel, therefore, you know, having done a pre-experienced masters, they are less inclined to go back to graduate school later on. And so, you know, you have a lot of specialized masters in Europe and, and Schools like INSEAD and London Business School have got into this market, right? I mean, INSEAD launched a master's in management for pre-experience students, and that's been a huge success. So so I, I think the top schools will benefit from that market, but and that it's going to be important for them to, to expand their offerings because, as you say, business education is not going to be as focused exclusively or as exclusively as it was in the past on those those flagship full-time programs. True. Maria, what do you say? A substantial change in the marketplace or just another cycle? Am I allowed to say both? Woohoo, cop out. <laughs> of course um, you can. It's both and also neither. Whoa, how's that for covering my bases? No, I, I think, I mean, look, I, I think overall, yes, we are seeing what is going to be a permanent trend or a permanent shift. I think the biggest question that I have right now with the online MBA just exploding in popularity is what are those career outcomes going to be once people graduate from those programs in terms of not just the short term, but even their long term career success? Because I think one of the reasons the MBA is so popular, uh, it's not just because of the academic growth as much as I like to as the daughter of teachers, I like to think that it is. But I also think that people very bluntly use the MBA because they want to get a better job. And what I'm curious about, and I think we're not going to know for a few years, is if people are signing up for the online MBA, let's say they sign up for the Wharton online MBA, right? That's I think that's probably the most elite school that's offering a, a full o- online MBA option right now or about to. 
if people say, oh my gosh, here's my chance to get a Wharton MBA, 200 grand, whatever, let's pay it. It'll be worth it. And then at the end of that program, they really don't get those same experiences or their same opportunities, or they don't have those same outcomes. I wonder if there will ultimately be a, a kind of a backlash against that. So just a heads up to all the schools that are jumping into the online you know, offering, just make sure that you are paying close attention to what your students want. Uh, because if for some reason, let's say, okay, I, I take the online degree and yes, I learned finance and accounting just as well as I would have if I would have gone to a full-time program, but maybe I didn't get some of that leadership experience from running a club or a conference, or I didn't develop you know, those, those networking connections as much as I would have in a, in a, in a in-person MBA, then the career outcomes in the short term and, or the longer term may not end up being parallel. Uh, and so even if the education itself is identical, the outcomes may not be. So I think watch this space. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I think if, if those schools don't deliver the expectations, then we will see, I think fewer, fewer people than interested in the online MBA in the longer term. Yeah, really good point, because obviously online MBA programs are not set up for the parade of recruiters to come to campus and interview lots of people and and for internship offers to happen that lead to full-time offers. It's a totally different degree and a totally different impact on one's career. And the age of online MBA students in almost every every online cohort ranges so broadly uh, as opposed to that, you know, 26, 28 year old sweet spot uh, for full time MBA programs that make recruiting from those schools so lucrative for companies that need young talent. I will say this I'm very positive about the market as well, including the full time market, uh, because if you look at, uh, as, as pointed out here earlier, the compensation levels that graduates are getting are at record levels. And in many cases, they're substantially up uh, from the previous year, owing to a talent shortage of, of young professionals who are on the move. We just published Harvard's numbers, and they are really incredibly impressive, uh, as are the numbers from a number of other schools, Kellogg, NYU, Stern. Um, and I think we're going to continue to see these very big and high numbers, which, which changes the ROI calculus for many people. Um, and I should always say, because, you know, people look at the price tag and they just say, oh, my God, how can it cost that much money? There's a lot of scholarship money out there. There's a lot of discounting that's going on uh, with a degree and with compensation levels for starting pay and bonus at record levels. You know, you can you can earn back um, the cost of that degree pretty quickly. All right, Maria, Caroline, thank you so much for your insights and thoughts. This is John Byrne with Poets and Quants. You've been listening to Business Casual, our weekly podcast. 